It's a week until school returns and academics are raising the alarm about a new artificial intelligence tool that could change how students are taught. ChatGPT answers questions and writes essays. They read like the work of a human, making it easy for kids to just copy and paste. Stephanie Anderson explains. Hello everyone, this is Miko Santos from the Newswire at RedWatch.au. On today's episode, we're talking about this AI, a new AI been moving around from different social media platform, that's ChatGPT. And what we'll discuss about what is the future of this ChatGPT, how ChatGPT how robs students on, of motivation to write and think for themselves. For today's episode, we're talking to Professor Kat Ellis from the School of Arts and Media of University of New South Wales. Professor Ellis is she's the faculty student of Integrity Advisory as well. So please welcome to the show, Professor Kat. Very well, thank you. It's lovely to meet you. Thank you so much. First thing, what you are a faculty student integrity advisory. What what do you do on that? One of the things that um, I'm responsible for. I mean, first of first and foremost, I'm actually a researcher in academic integrity. So that's the the main thing that I can talk about. Um, but also, I perform the role of a faculty student integrity advisor here at UNSW in the Faculty of Arts, Design, and Architecture. And I'm part of, if you like, the infrastructure of the group of academics and professional staff here at UNSW whose responsibility it is to maintain academic integrity and to detect when cheating has occurred. So my first question to you is, we've been using AI for quite a long time now. So it's been part of our um, academic or university or other, um, other sort of creative. But how chat GPT can rub student of motivation to write and think for themselves? Well, that's something you've proposed. I don't necessarily agree with you on that one, Mika. I mean, what ChatGPT does and is, is it's an interface, a chatbot interface with OpenAI's GPT-3 tool, which is basically a text-based AI tool. GPT-3 has been around for quite a long time. It's been around in beta mode since at least June 2020. So there's nothing new. What's changed has been this chatbot function and the fact that OpenAI chose to make it free. So one of the things that um, I know a lot of professionals in the world of work have heard about ChatGPT, thought, well, I'll give that a go. And immediately started to experiment, well, well, what parts of my job might I be able to get this tool to use, to do? And uh, so I think a lot of people have done that and been probably often quite surprised and sometimes perhaps a little disappointed about what it can do. I think a lot of students, if we imagine ourselves back into our student days, probably thought in the same way. They're thinking about their own context and thought, hmm, what can I get this tool to do? And particularly, can I get it to do some of my homework for me, some of my assessment for me, particularly those bits that 
I'm not particularly good at or I don't particularly enjoy doing. So that's obviously a thought that's gone through a lot of students' minds. And for students who are inclined to not want to do or are not able to do all of their or even some of their work themselves, this is obviously going to be something that's quite tempting. So I think that that's the way that we need to understand that it's landed in people's lives, whether that's robbed them of their motivation that's a pretty, um, it's a call that, that you or I can't really make because we don't know. Um, but it is certainly something that must have gone through a lot of students' minds. So the next question I have is, um, some say that student can, could use the AI to cheat, but there's chance to rethink assessment altogether or something. So some people say, student can use this powerful AI tool to cheat on on either on their research paper or anything. Yeah, look, I don't know if you've had much time playing with it, but it's extraordinary what it can do. Um, I've, I've certainly, I mean, there, this is not the only AI tool out there. There are lots of other AI bots out there. There are even some that are specifically designed to help students write essays. Um, there, there are, you know, any of these tools you could get to write a 1,500-word essay on pretty much any topic in about 10, 20 seconds. And you can even get it to put citations in for you. Now, those citations might necessarily be correct and the thing it's citing might not even exist, but it can do it. And one of the things that a lot of teachers are reflecting on is I think a lot of teachers have thought, hmm, I wonder if it can do the essay I set my students and they've put it into one of these tools. And what it produces is often not great, but it's often good enough. And that's where the problem lies, is that a lot of what it's able to produce is work of a passable standard. Now, news came overnight that it has been given the task and has successfully passed the US bar exam, I think I heard. There's also a report coming out that it's passed a medical exam that is notoriously difficult that takes people years to study for. So the, one of the things we have to start thinking about is if it can do that, why are we asking students to do it? But also, what does it mean in terms of the security and the integrity of things that we have held to be very valuable and important markers of what students are capable of doing? So, what now with this in line with the, because we, the integrity of, of being a student is in, um, can be sometimes can be questioned because if they're using this sort of AI, there's a lot of AI now popping up when you start the job GPT. So what do you think will be the other option or uh, say um, answer for this? Yeah, it's a really good question. And it's certainly the question that's got a lot of people scratching their heads right now is what are we going to do about this? Now, now, for you, if you're a student and, you know, you're facing the start of the academic year here in Australia and you have no intention of cheating, you want to and you're able to do your work yourself, this probably isn't going to change your world very much at all. But for students who might be somewhere unwilling or somehow unable to do some or all of their work themselves, this is obviously going to be a tempting proposition. And that means that as teachers, we're probably going to have to stop 
rethink and possibly even reset what we're doing when we teach and assess student learning. So one of the things that I think is inevitable is it's going to cause educational institutions around the world to have to rethink not just their assessment design, but also more broadly curriculum design. What is our curriculum doing? What is it teaching? What graduate capabilities do we expect our graduates to be able to have in terms of what they know and can do because of their time with us? And having the chance to stop and rethink those things is not necessarily a bad thing. If it's chat GPT that's prompted that, that's a good thing. So you're saying that because of these AI tools popping up every now and then, so the um, the university or the academic um, um, area need to adapt it? Absolutely. We, absolutely, we have to adapt. Now, one of the things I'm saying to a lot of people at the moment is don't panic, but at the same time, don't just do nothing. Like just doing nothing and pretending as if this tool doesn't exist and is not already in the hands of our students is not the right answer. If you think about it, if you can ask a student to do something and they can then ask a tool to do that and it can generate work of a passable standard, what are we doing here? So we have to do something. And the question is, well, what? What do we do? One of the things that I'm encouraging teachers and even students to think about is let's sweep all of these tools and all of these ways of cheating to the side and focus back in on what it is that we're all doing here, which is focusing in on student learning. Let's re-energise ourselves and perhaps even redeploy our energies away from just reading what students claim that they've written and instead have conversations with them about what they've learned. So it could be that we're actually going to see a shift of energy, a shift of attention towards looking at the student as a whole, talking to them about what they know, listening to them about what they can do, and actually recalibrating what it is when we come to assess student learning. Some say that, if, some say because of this uh, personal expression or will diminish what do you think about that yeah i mean that's a really valid concern you might have heard in the news recently that somebody wrote a nick cave song in the style of nick cave sent it to him he wasn't best pleased um he wrote a really interesting piece, which I think is worth reading um, and reflecting on. He wrote a really interesting piece about what he sees as the risks and dangers of using tools like this to try to replicate things that really humans are best at doing. And that's what he was talking about. There is stuff that's in the creative and imaginative domain. One of the paradoxes, AI comes with lots of paradoxes. It's a bit weird because it's, you know, fundamentally driven by logic. But what emerges out of it is all of these kind of apparently illogical paradoxes. But one of the things that comes out of AI is while it's, you know, there's a lot of concern about, oh, it's replacing humans and it's taking people's jobs and all of that kind of stuff. One of the known paradoxes is that actually in that process, it makes the human more valuable. In other words, it reinvests the value in the stuff that only humans can do. And that includes the sort of thing that, you know, we really appreciate that only Nick Cave can write a Nick Cave song. And, you know, only Shakespeare could write a Shakespearean sonnet. 
only Sammy J can write a Sammy J song. And I think there's a sense in which we it's probably causing us to stop and reflect and recalibrate our expectations of what we want to and can get bots to do, but what we still want humans to do. So thinking through all of what really makes us human and what we value about the human um, is is probably the most important thing to us for us to be focusing on. Thank you for that. So some user, um, some research said that some user are have a negative effect on on this um, AI, and some others said it's a, a a big opportunity for us. What what is your opinion on this contradiction? Each <laughs> it's both. It's a paradox. That's the thing. It is both an amazing, inspiring, mind blowing baffling even some people are finding it just you know creepy how good it is at doing some things you know and one of the things another paradox there are lots of them is that ai is really really good at doing some things that people generally find really hard you know it's really good at playing chess for instance it's really good at writing a 15 a passable 1500 word essay in 10 seconds i can't do that you know so there are certain things it's it's really really good at much much better than humans but there are other things that it's really terrible at and not yet good at and will never be good at and humans will always be better. It also comes with risks. Um, we know, for instance, that ChatGPT, one of the reasons why it is so good at what it does and it's so much better than GPT-2 is because it was trained on a much, much, much bigger data set by an order of magnitude two times nearly three times bigger. Apparently, Wikipedia only constituted 3% of what it was trained on, the whole of Wikipedia. If you sort of think about that, wow, that just gives you a sense, right? But, it, you know, the internet, the World Wide Web is a pretty toxic place, you know, and so it's been trained on a lot of stuff that's also not very nice. And one of the things that had a bit of a or GPT three had a bit of a problem in in testing was that it had a bit of a tendency to just blurt out or spew out some pretty racist, sexist, homophobic stuff. So it's also had to be trained to know what toxic looks like, to know what racism looks like, and even to know what things like child sexual abuse look like and sound like. And to learn that, it's required human input. So we also have to appreciate that this isn't just a little robot that's gone off and taught itself all this stuff. Humans have been involved in helping it to learn and they've been damaged in the process as well. There's a really interesting story in Time magazine that I read over the weekend about the ways in which OpenAI and ChatGPT has outsourced some of that labour to some of the most vulnerable and marginalised people on the planet paying them very low wages to do really dangerous and toxic work. So it's not all sweetness and light. It's not all opportunities. It's not all this is going to change our world for the better. There's also really quite, um, you know, really distressing side effects of this that are really constituting a form of neo-colonial exploitation that is also something we have to be aware of. So what do you think is the um, the danger of this to our society? Look, 
there, as I said, there's lots of risks and there's lots of positives as well. I think in terms of the danger, I mean, I think a lot of people are worried, oh, you know, bots are going to take over the world and like the robot at the end of, of Space Odyssey, it's not going to let Dave out of the capsule, you know. And I think that we have to be, you know, pre- you know, we have to accept that these tools aren't sentient. They're not intelligent in that human sense. And in calling them artificial intelligence is a bit of a funny name. So I don't think the danger is necessarily that the robots are going to take over the world and we're all doomed. Although, you know, we've got to keep an eye on that. I think the danger is that we start to get complacent and we start to rely on them too much to do things that really we should be doing. One of the things we have to recognise is they can only look backwards. They can only do what they're trained to do based on what already exists in the world in terms of knowledge. Now, that's amazing because a huge amount of stuff but also, if we're going to keep moving forward as a world, as a society, as a, as a people, as a planet. We have to keep thinking, we have to keep innovative, innovating, and we have to keep, keep evolving. And to do that requires human creativity, human acumen, human critical thinking, human innovation, and also human society. So I think a real danger is that we become too reliant on them. We trust them too much. And we start letting them do some of the stuff that really we should be doing. And some of that's hard, intellectual, emotional stuff that might be really easy to devolve or divest ourselves of. But it's something we still need to be prepared to do. That includes learning properly while you're at uni, while you're at school, doing the hard work, doing the hard yards of learning, really genuinely learning the skills, the knowledge and the abilities that you're going to need to be a worthwhile professional and a worthwhile adult in the world. Thank you so much for that. Because if you don't, if you, whoever created the JetGPT should learn a lot in university before they created that. So. Absolutely. Absolutely, for sure. Thank you so much for that. Um, any parting word to our audience and listener right now? Like I think it's just sort of be alert, but not alarmed. Let's not panic too much, but also we need to be aware of what these tools can do and we need to be prepared to adjust and change what we're doing, given that they exist. Thank you so much, Professor Kat Ellis. And thank you so much. This is another episode of From the Newswire from redwires.au and see you next week.